you're looking to help the world and buy a home at the exact same time, then you have to contact Climate Change Realty. Visit ccrealty.org to find your real estate agent anywhere in the USA and donate thousands of dollars to your favorite environmental nonprofits absolutely for free. Welcome to the podcast. Steven, really great to meet you, man. Thanks so much for taking some time to come on the podcast. Here we are. Really good to meet you as well, Ethan. Great to be here. Yeah, great to have you, man. And you know, we always like to get the show started with a bit of background on who you are and how you got to be doing what you're doing at the current moment. Yeah, so um, my I, I studied electrical engineering, um, did a master's, and um, during that time, I was just trying to think of different things that I wanted to do after I graduated. Um, so basically doing everything except for work on my thesis. Um, <laughs> and one of the things that that I came across was um, you know, this, this question was what's going to happen with all these electric vehicle batteries um, once, the, once the vehicles are retired. Um, and there wasn't a good answer to that question. Nobody really seemed to have that answer. Um, there's a lot of people talking about recycling now, which is a really good thing that ultimately needs to happen. Um, but in between, there's still a lot of value in those batteries. And so um, that's kind of, I just kind of got fixated on trying to make that a reality. Um, and that's um, kind of the genesis for, for Rejewel and um, you know, what we're trying to do and where we are today. And where did your desire to study electrical engineering come from initially, do you think? Um, it, so it's a funny story. There's, it, it's not what you'd expect. Like, you know, I wasn't one of those kids who are like, oh, I've always been drawn to electronics or computers or any of that. Um, I was trying to choose a major <laughs> and my dad said, you should do electrical engineering. And I was like, okay. Um, and then I loved it. Well, lucky you. The first yeah. shot, first try, you got, got it down. <laughs> Maybe he knew something you didn't, man. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's funny. Okay. So I did, I wanted to start this conversation off by trying to understand what exactly a battery is and how it works. Cause I think a lot of people don't really realize that there's like these acids and things that we're walking around with in our pockets. And they're kind of, like you said, they're becoming fundamental to the way we live. They already are fundamental to the way we live our lives, but it sounds like they're going to become even more important. So I was wondering if um, if you could just kind of walk me through the very bare basics of what, how batteries work. Well, um, well, I'm not an electrochemist, so for any electrochemists out there listening to this, I apologize in advance. Um, but a battery is an electrochemical storage device, and so you can it stores electrical energy basically, um, and it stores that in the form of some fun chemistry things that are happening <laughs> inside that battery, um, and. When you charge a battery, you put electrons in, um, there's a certain electrochemical process happening and that allows you to um, charge up the battery. And then you can use that charge for later on when you discharge that battery. And um, one of the things that we look at is how those batteries degrade. Um, you know, the more you charge it and discharge it, uh, the different temperatures you put it in, um, just different ways of how you use it um, ends up affecting how that battery performs in the long term. So um, I used to just think of a battery as a power source. It just kind of you know, did its thing. Uh, but then once you get into the, the science, um, there's, there's a lot more to it. Well, so, so with these batteries, isn't there like 
like acid flowing from one side to like another and then when you charge it, it like pushes the 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 juice like back into the other side is is that is that or is it like electrons are flowing what's like le- there has to be something like physically leaving the the phone when you're using it no like some sort of release of energy that's happening yeah so a so i guess a battery there's an anode and a cathode and then there's a separator in between and then there's some some other things um, but essentially one's positive one's negative um, charge and when you charge that battery um, there's lithium ions moving from one part of the battery to the other part mm-hmm. and then when you're discharging that battery lithium ions move back um, and then as a result you you need to in, in a way balance that charge so electrons move through the outside of that um, battery through a circuit okay I'm, I'm, I'm trying I'm trying to get, I'm trying to wrap my head around it. Okay. Is there, so it sounds like there's these, these several scientific parts that I don't fully understand. Is there any fundamental limit to like a battery? Is it just how many like lithium ions we can have? Is could we make like a giant battery that could power like something big or is it like decrease in efficiency, the larger it gets kind of thing? Um, there is, there, there's definitely fundamental limits, um, and there are uh, practical limits for how batteries are you know, put together. Um, we can make a extremely large battery, and it'll, and it'll probably work. It just won't um, be very useful to anybody. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, because I guess one of the benefits of the battery is being able to take energy with you, like on the go. I suppose whether it's in a car or in like a phone kind of thing. Right, right. And so there's there's all these people doing um, you know different things with the batteries, like innovating on the cathode, innovating on the anode, changing the liquid electrolyte to a solid electrolyte, um, and doing all these different things um, changes the performance of the batteries. You know, you have things like how how much energy can you pack in, um, how much power you're able to get out of it, um, how light the battery is, um, how the, the shape of the battery, how hot it gets, how long it lasts. And so by adjusting these, um, the, the internals of the battery, then you get different performance. And that's what a lot of different people are working on to say, make a tesla go from a 300 mile range to a 400 mile range right um, even longer um or there's people doing things to be able to charge um charge your car in five minutes um versus typical fast charging now is maybe an hour or or maybe even longer okay so how long if these batteries like eventually become unusable how long is like the average electric vehicle battery lasts and yeah it's to start there definitely yeah um so they're designed to last over eight years eight to ten years um that's generally where the warranties are set at um and um and then the the large batteries that are um, that people are starting to put on the utility grids, you know, to pair it with solar and wind and you know, other renewables, um, those are designed to last even longer, um, twenty to twenty-five years now. Okay, and what happens at the end of their life? What happens to like a battery if someone 
let's say a car 10 10 years old the battery is shot what do they usually do with it yeah that's a really good question um and most people um or i should say that hasn't really happened too much yet because electric vehicles haven't been around for you know they, they i guess they've just now hit their 10 11 year mark um so most people haven't had that problem first of all and um and so what people believed is, well, this, this battery may be at 70% capacity, let's throw out a number there, or 80%. Okay. Um, and, you know, maybe the, the best thing to do is to take it out of the vehicle and to put it in a different application, just put it on the grid, um, have it charge through solar, discharge um, during the nighttime. Um, but then I, I think the, the real answer is nobody really knows yet because we haven't really reached that at critical mass. Um, people are starting to build up recycling um, capabilities. Um, and then there's also the collection aspect of it. Um, you know, how do you get a, a battery from somebody's garage into that recycling center or into a repurposing center? Um, so. So there's a lot of different ways, a lot of different things that people can do. And I think we're just starting to see, um, you know, just starting to be able to answer that question. Yeah. Well, it's definitely something we want to be thinking about. Do you know what they do with wind turbine blades after they're done being used? Um, I've, I've seen a few articles. Um, it, from the looks of it, it looked like they were like putting it into the ground. Yeah, man. Like that's crazy. <laughs> that like. That yeah, they just bury them. Like we're we're building these renewable energies and talking about how we're going to heal the planet through wind and solar, and they're taking these giant pieces of plexiglass and burying them in the sand because they don't know what to do with them. So it just be nice to get on top of this with uh, I don't know if the right word is like volatile compounds or whatever that are in batteries. But when you say seventy to eighty percent is a dead battery, that's that. I mean, that's not terrible if it still can do 70% of what it used to. It sounds like you're hooking it up to the grid or something could be a good utilization of that tech. Right, right. And and then us, we should also caveat, like there's, there's uh, like I mentioned before, there's um, all these different performance characteristics, right? So 70% of energy may sound perfectly fine, uh, but if it can accelerate a vehicle from zero to 60 in, in like, you know, the five seconds, um, or even, you know, 30 seconds, then it's not very usable in a, in a vehicle at that point. Um, but it could still be, um, like you're saying, very useful for just charging and solar and discharging, um, during peak hours and things like that. Yeah. Or I think powering a solar powered, I just direct air capture device comes to mind. It's a, a, a direct air capture device that's powered by solar. So it's sucking out carbon at night too. That's just what my, my mind goes to right away. It, I just, any, if we any, any energy we can use to pull CO2 out of the atmosphere, at least for the next 20, 30 years, I'm, I'm all on board with. Well, cool, man. What do you know about the, um, the global battery market? Like how much, how many batteries are being produced and where is this thing headed in the next like 10 years? Um, I, there's so many different articles out there that I tend to lose track. Um, <laughs> I saw a, um, there's like 20, I think 25, I think 13 gigafactories planned for the U S alone by 2025. That's just Tesla. Like, um, 
that that's I think that's overall. Okay, Gigafactories. Other yeah, companies Gigafactories do that as well. Like, yeah, yeah. Tesla has um, their Nevada plant and their Austin plant now. There's a few other uh, battery companies building their own. Um, and then I think in Europe, there's something like 20, uh, 20 to 30 in the plans. I, I always lose track because I feel like there's a new announcement of a Gigafactory um, every, every week or so. I'm down with that. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of batteries. Yeah. Well, you're out yeah. here running running a business too. You know, it's tough just yeah. to keep on track of everything. I try to not pay attention to the news at all. Real estate is enough. You know what I mean? <laughs> For sure. Yeah. For sure. And there's a there's a flurry of things happening in the battery industry right now. Um, with, with all the development, um, there's some really interesting trends um especially recently like the cost to produce a lithium battery pack has gone up for the first time in a decade okay um and that's that's due to the the price of um you know raw materials like lithium um, cobalt uh, nickel all these really critical materials for making a lithium-ion battery um, those have shot up in recent months um global um, supply shortages the um the the crisis in Ukraine, um, all these things have really, um, yeah, just made the cost of um, producing a lithium battery um, increase. And so, um, and then there's also like people talk about nickel shortages, cobalt shortages. Um, and then, so there's a huge shift now from um, nickel based uh, batteries to um, LFP batteries, actually. What is that? Are you familiar with the differences? No. Uh, so there's there's different uh, battery chemistries. Um, so Tesla famously used the uh, nickel cobalt aluminum, um, and those were higher, um, you know, NCA batteries, and those were higher performance. Um, and then there's um, NMC, which a lot of people use as well, and um, and then there was LFP, which a few years ago um, it was mainly just Chinese manufacturers using. And um, a lot of the European and North American um, automakers um, didn't want to use LFP because of like, low um, low energy density. So you couldn't pack as much energy into that battery pack um, for the same size and the same weight. But it still perform it performs better, but it doesn't store as much energy. Am I understanding that correctly? Um, it it doesn't store as much energy, so it's heavier. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then it doesn't perform as well in, in, in terms of being able to deliver as much power. Gotcha. Yeah. And, but in recent years, um, the technology has gotten a lot better. So companies are shifting over to LFP. Um, so actually in the first quarter of 2022, um, like 50% of Tesla's um, battery deliveries were LFP. So they've really switched over from, um, you know, their higher performance uh, batteries to this lower performance um, for their, at least for their lower range uh, vehicles. Okay. What does LFP stand for? Oh yeah. Sorry. Uh, LFP stands for lithium iron phosphate. Okay. Yeah. Elements, elements, elements is what I, <laughs> so, so it's good. Who are, who, do you know who's, who are the primary producers in the battery market right now? Who's making like the most batteries and what? Yeah. Um, a lot of companies in China, 
Uh, right. So CATL is the, the biggest. Um, BYD is another big one. Um, I think LG Energy is the second largest. Um, For them. Panasonic. So a lot of you know, Asian-based um, battery manufacturers. LG and Panasonic, they're, they're Japanese, no? Uh, LG is Korean. Oh, geez, Korean. Interesting. (laughs) Thanks for the background on the battery stuff. I I, I haven't really done an episode on batteries at all. And I'm excited to to talk to you about your business because it's really cool um, innovating in this space. So why don't you tell me a bit about Rejewel, how it got started and what impedance impedance is. Yeah, Yeah, sure. Um, So at uh, Rejewel, we're we're a startup based in uh, the LA area, and um, we are developing some um, advanced battery diagnostics technologies. And so um, we talked about how there's so many different ways of evaluating a battery. And so um, our diagnostic tool allows us to quickly um, understand how well a battery is um, performing um, in its in its lifetime, and then we've um, we designed some technology that it's essentially a it's a device um, that you would plug into a battery, and it runs a quick measurement. Um, the The measurement is called the technique is called electrochemical impedance spectroscopy, or EIS. Um, so it, it does this EIS thing, and then it measures the response. And um, from that, we're able to do some um, machine learning to be able to figure out how good is this battery compared to a fresh one, for example. Gotcha. Um, and then impedance is, you can think of it as just like a characteristic of, uh, of a battery. And as the battery ages and degrades, uh, its impedance is going to change, and our device is detecting that change and you know, making a prediction on um, how how much energy or how much power that battery is able to deliver. Cool. And where did this idea come from, and how did you guys develop this like proprietary tech? Yeah. Um, so the so EIS is something that's been around, and um, it's. Electrochemists all around the world know about it, and so we didn't develop that. But our our proprietary tech is on how to do that measurement for a um, for a higher voltage battery pack. So um, in in battery terms, there's the smallest unit is like a cell, um, and that's you know kind of like what you have in your cell phone. You have a single cell. Um, and then a vehicle, though, has uh, hundreds to thousands of cells. Right? So it's, that would be a pack. Um, and then typically, that's higher voltage. Um, it's a lot bigger. Uh, it's a lot more energy than, a, than a, uh, just a cell. And then so we've developed a way to um, do that EIS on not just the cell, but the whole pack. Okay. Yeah. And... How long does it take like a normal battery testing mechanism or machine previously compared to how long it takes your device to test a battery? Yeah. Um, so, so our device is um, five minutes or less. Uh, that's the, to run the EIS test. 
um, the, the normal way of testing the, the age of a battery is essentially um, the charging and discharging it. So that, that can take anywhere from six to 10 hours. A long time. A long time, yeah. Um, and so one of the big things that you know, we're getting at is, uh, well, you're going to have millions of these batteries out there, and if right. you're going to have to test each one, it's going to take 10 hours. You have to use specialized equipment to do it. Um, that's just not really scalable. So, um, you know, we need some faster and more accurate way to be able to diagnose these things. When are our, our manufacturers testing batteries before they send them to market or when, how often is this testing going on? Cause six to 10 hours on an assembly line of a million batteries is, is a ridiculous amount of time. And then compared to five minutes, that's like a game changing opportunity here. So how often are they doing these, these tests? Yeah, so um, a lot of times what manufacturers may be doing is uh, batch testing. So right. um, if there's thousands of them, then you don't need to test all of them. Do the 10-hour test on all of them. Okay. Um, but for a for a handful, um, they do do like every test imaginable, um, even down to you know, cutting the cutting the battery open, and they call that destructive testing, um, just so they can learn everything about these batteries. Um, but typically on a manufacturing line, um, you, you may not be testing each of these to that, um, to that standard or to that type of um, you know, charge-discharge testing. Um, but there are different things that need to be done um, and you know, things like formation and, um, and uh, all this other um, end-of-line testing just to check for the quality of those batteries. Okay. And how long have you all been in business? Uh, we've been in business for um, almost five years, actually. We, we incorporated our business uh, May 11th, 2017. Awesome, man. Happy five-year anniversary. By the time this comes out, I think, I think it'll be the next day, if I'm not mistaken. It'll be the 11th. We got to drop it on the 11th. What, what, what is today? Today is the 6th of May? Yeah. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to drop this on the 11th for your five-year anniversary. Hell yeah. Awesome. Um, that's that's so cool. So so speaking of five years in business, that's I mean, obviously you're doing something right. Clearly, there's a need for your tech. I'm wondering how the model actually works. Like, who are your customers? Like, what's like what's your revenue model? Are you testing things on site for people? Or are you licensing the tech? I'm really curious how you went about doing this. Yeah. Um, so most of those five years, we've been doing um, uh, essentially research. We've gotten a lot of funding from um, really amazing uh, groups like the National Science Foundation, the California Energy Commission, um, you know, among others. And so um, there was a, a period where we were um, developing that technology, trying to figure out what, um, what to build and, and who to sell that to. So right now, um, we are working with customers who, um, they, you know, they, for our value, Per our value proposition, they have a need for faster testing. Um, they're getting, um, they, they have batteries that are coming back from, from their customers um, and they need to figure out what's, you know, how good is this battery? Can I, can I send it out for another, um, you know, three year lease or um, do I really need to um, do some repairs or just scrap this battery? And so um, we're selling our product on a, um, it's more of a service, actually. We call it grading as a service, mm -hmm. um, and uh, or gas. 
And so it would be more so on a um, per month per um, battery model type of um, type of model. Okay. Is that going to like local businesses then at this point? At this point, we are working with some um, some smaller manufacturers. Right. Uh, and we're working with, um, yeah, essentially smaller manufacturers and people who are doing um, a lot of battery testing, uh, particularly with aged batteries. Right. Um, we're working on a product right now, which is um, essentially something you can plug into the vehicle's charging port and you're able to diagnose the, the entire, let's say, a, um, a Tesla Model 3. You plug it into the charging port. We do a test on that battery pack um, and then make that prediction. So we're working on that product, and that would be sold to um, either the, um, the OEMs, like the car makers, um, or to the, the service garages or dealerships. Cool. Are there any competitors in the space? Anyone doing something similar? I mean, going from six to 10 hours, even if it's a smaller battery, like three to four to five minutes is a total game changer. Did you get, oh, like, yeah, I dude. assume you guys had hella patents. Is there anyone else that's like coming through and doing something similar? Um, yeah, there's there's definitely others who um, see a value in faster testing of these batteries. Um, and um, yeah, I, I think, I think our technology is the most scalable um, in that we can work with the largest um, range of different battery types and different battery chemistries. Um, but then I, I do think that some of these other competitors, you know, they, they have a compelling product as well. Um, and this, this EV industry and the battery industry is going growing so quickly that there's, there's certainly a lot of pie yeah. <laughs> to be had. Yeah. It's always a good space to be in, right? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Have you put any thought into how battery testing technology can help mitigate like the negative effects of a change in climate? Yes, definitely. Um, I think one of the biggest things, so there's a, there's a McKinsey study um, that says that in 2030 uh, or by 2030 in just eight short years, that we could potentially have more used battery capacity um, coming out of electric vehicle batteries or coming out of electric vehicles than the grid demand for energy storage. So that's, okay. that's a lot of batteries that's going to be coming out of electric vehicles. And um, we can potentially use those for a... Um, for a stationary battery application, like we were saying before, you know, put it um, put it on the grid, charge it with solar, charge it with wind, just charge it during peak hours. Um, so there's a there's an opportunity to do something like that, but the batteries coming out of electric vehicles are not useful unless they are tested, and so um, we could potentially be sitting on gigawatt hours of not useful batteries um, that may still have 70, 80, sometimes 90% um, usable capacity in them. Um, we could just be sitting on those and not being able to use it. Um, without testing, um, that can be a very real outcome. And we've actually seen like warehouses where they just have used batteries just lying around, um, megawatt hours <laughs> of, of batteries just sitting on pallets. And, um, 
and then that's going to accelerate, right? So we definitely need to increase our ability to test and test quickly so that we could actually know um, how, how much longer is this particular battery going to last um, and what's a suitable uh, buyer for that battery. Um, without testing, we don't have that information and um, we could just be you know, wasting all that, all that um, good battery. <laughs> I love how everyone's got a piece to play, man. It, it, it's it's really cool to see, especially being here in the states. Well, actually, yeah, I'm interviewing people from around the world. But I'm you know I'm biased. I love the states. There's always so much innovation and entrepreneurship going on here. So you yeah. back in 2018, you're already thinking about 2030, huh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess that's what entrepreneurs do. <laughs> Indeed, it is, Ben. Yeah, you're you're a living, breathing example of one. How is it? How has it been over the years, evolving from just an idea to this business? And where's where's your team at now? How's yeah? Um, it's been a journey. It's it's been um, it, you know, it's always tough, but it's also really fun. Um, one of the things that I just love is waking up and knowing that. I get to do something I enjoy, <laughs> um, first Huge. of all, and something that I, I believe um, you know, can fundamentally um, improve the world um, in a big way. Um, and so that's, that's always a thing that drives me. And um, I think the team that we've assembled, and we're, we're still hiring, so um, for those of you out there who want to do some cool stuff with batteries, um, go to our website, refuelenergy.com slash careers. Um, you know, I, I think the team that we've assembled um, really jives with that message as well. Um, and so it's just a really exciting time to um, be in this space, um, really exciting time to be a Rejuligan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we're, we're at about um, 15 full-time right now. Wow, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and we're we're gonna hire some interns um, over the summer. Um, hire a few more people and keep uh, keep growing and, and keep doing um, fun battery testing things. Totally. Yeah. What What are your plans for scale scalability? Where do you see yourselves in in twenty thirty or twenty forty? That's a tough question because <laughs> yeah. as an entrepreneur, you don't really. Um, one of the things that I've realized is every time I really try to plan something, like a week later, it's 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 obsolete. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, interestingly, though, you know, our our mission that's kind of stayed the same over the over the past five years, but the plans always change. Um, in twenty thirty, I I think that we can be um, you know, the battery repurposing company. Um, and we're we're already um, expanding into Europe this year, actually, and so we want to be a you know a B battery repurposing company um, globally, um, working with um, all kinds of battery manufacturers and um, automotive ma manufacturers. Um, and I think by twenty thirty, I don't have the numbers, but um, I think we have a real shot of um, being able to repurpose um, you know well over um, you know, 
gigawatt hours of, um, of, of retired um, EV batteries per year. So when you say repurpose, does that mean you guys test it and then you kind of have a network that you forward it to that could be potentially waiting to buy a used battery? Yeah, yeah, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're working with some. We want to be the, essentially the, uh, the the grading partner, and then um, yeah. so like we said, we can kind of we have a network, and they would either be um, there's a few companies we're talking to who are building like marketplaces. Yep. Um, kind of like a storefront um, where you you know they put up um, used batteries for sale and connect it to um, interested buyers, and then we can kind of be a back end um, kind of a um, a battery warehouse inventory for for those storefronts. Cool. Yeah. Right. Oh. Well, Stephen, thanks for what you're doing. Thanks for your entrepreneurial spirit, getting in there and making use. We need to really use things more efficiently. That's the biggest conclusion I've come to through talking to people about um, economic-based climate solutions is we actually, we can fix climate change by improving the economy. And I think something you're doing is a great example of that. But before we go, I want to give a shout out to the other co-founder of the company and, and ask your perspective of what it's like. <laughs> your sister's name is, is Zora, right? Yes. Yeah, what's it like working with your sister as your business partner? Yeah, you know, it's it's really fun. Um, just like any business partner, um, you get into arguments. Um, so there's there's a good amount of that, but there's also a healthy dose of um, really lame jokes <laughs> and, and inside jokes from like 15, 20 years ago. Is she older than you? Um, I don't think I'm allowed to say. Okay, never mind. You're not allowed to say. She's she's related to you. That's all that she's matters. She's related to me, yeah. <laughs> I've actually answered that before. And people are like, oh, that's, no, don't do that. <laughs> Good job. You're killing it. Yeah. I did better this time. <laughs> there you go. Didn't fall into that trap. Yeah. I vowed to never work with, with spouse or, or family. My parents have run the, the jewelry store together for 30 years and just hearing the arguments all day. I'd, I'd much rather have like someone when I'm seeing them, like we're not talking about like how to run a business. We're just talking about the trees I and see. the birds. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's interesting. I think it, it probably works between Zora and myself because we, we did see my parents running their, um, running their business together. Um, oh, our whole lives. Um, so it was, you know, we were talking about business, um, was normal mm -hmm. for us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's great, man. Just, yeah. just not, just not for me, but, uh, Steven, cool. I, I appreciate the time, man. A pleasure having you on the show. I'm excited to see where things go. Help us repurpose things. We got to use things more efficiently, man. There's, there's no way around that to get out of the, the problems that we're facing. Do you have any final pieces of advice for other young folks who are passionate about contributing to a better world? Yes. Um, I'd say just, you know, just like those Nike commercials, just do it. Um, <laughs> And learn from, you know, move quickly and then really learn from your mistakes quickly. Because um, that's the only way you really move forward. Um, I think way too many times we've overthought something and waited to pull the trigger. Um, mm -hmm. And then it, you know, it, it didn't work out um, because we waited too long. So, um, you know, try things. Um, don't be afraid to 
fail, uh, just remember that there's always the next day and you can always improve and, and keep growing. That's, that's what we've done. <laughs> Spoken like a true entrepreneur. Steven, happy, <laughs> fi- happy five-year anniversary, man. Here's to 50 more. So Thank you, you so much, it. Ethan. You got it. All right, everybody. We'll see you on the next one next week, whatever. Peace out. So if you or anyone else you know is looking to buy or sell a home anywhere in the USA and would like to create thousands of dollars in donations without any cost out of pocket, please visit ccrealty.org today.